Hi, Bookish people. Welcome to another episode of the Meet Your Author podcast, where we celebrate African authors and have bookish conversations. I'm your host, Rachel Chiza. And today on the podcast, I'm honored, excited to host Gerti Kiomhendo, one of Uganda's leading novelists. She's the founder and director of the African Writers Trust, which promotes synergies and collaborative learning between African writers on the continent and in the diaspora. Her novels include The First Daughter, published in 1996, Secrets No More in 1999, which won the Uganda National Literary Award for Best Novel in the same year, and Waiting, published by the Feminist Press in New York in 2007, and translated into Spanish in 2022. Welcome, Gerti. Thank you, Rachel. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Okay, so for those who don't know Gerti, of course, I've given an amazing bio about her. And I think we could start on a lighter note. What does Gerti enjoy doing away from the amazing work you do with African Writers Trust? So apart from, I have to say that almost all my hobbies are related to my work, which I think is quite a bit boring <laughs> because I, I read. I spend most of my time reading. But outside of that, I actually love farming. So I have a small farm in Kampala where I spend all my Saturdays. And when I think about it, I think it is still related to, to my work as a writer. Because when I, I grow beans, for example, I just love and enjoy to see them germinating, coming to life, just like we do with stories. Mm -hmm. So you start with a story, then you see it come to life, then you see it in print, then you see it sometimes being performed. So you know it is related, but farming is my other passion. Okay, so it's the role of writing, which is nurturing. You which nurture is nurturing stories. plants yeah and then see them coming to life and yeah. then harvesting yeah amazing and it's not boring that your passions are related i think it's exciting because you just keep around the same thing but in different formats well, <laughs> yeah, nurturing I, I, I wish i could socialize more <laughs> which i really really don't okay i i love dancing i have to add mm -hmm. so i do enjoy dancing as well okay at least you can dance in your house. I can, no, I can dance in the club. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's get into Whispers from Vera because I think I read it the first time in 2019, I think. Yeah, the first edition. So tell us what is Whispers from Vera, where it came from, what is it about? Because we've been seeing the social media platforms and you were in Nairobi last year for a book fair and you are speaking about Whispers, you are hosted in different bookshops. What is Whispers from Vera? So Whispers from Vera is, um, is a, a simple, light-hearted story. Mm -hmm. And it follows the life of the main character, whose name is Vera, mm -hmm. as she juggles life as a woman, as an African woman, mm -hmm as a, a wife, as a mother, and as a career woman. Yeah. So it is basically about that. How does she balance or don't balance these roles that she, she's trying to, as, as she charts out her life. 
I wrote it in the in a very light-hearted way and most of my readers after reading it called me and say but I have finished it. <laughs> I say, yes you are meant to. Yeah, but I thought I thought I would take some time. I I thought it was going to take me maybe 3 days and now I started it in the morning and now I have finished it. And that's exactly what I wanted to do with his whispers from Vera. Yeah. I wanted to keep it light. I wanted to keep it conversational. I wanted to keep it funny and humorous. Something that you just sit down, lie down in a couch or traveling and just relax your mind, but at the same time get to be entertained, get to learn, get to see how women chart their lives when they have all these different roles to play. Yeah. Okay, and um if, let's just go back to the beginning because mm. last year Whispers from Vera celebrated 20 years in existence yeah. and you then issued a new edition. So mm. let's talk about the old edition and the new edition. Yeah, so from the beginning it started off as a column which I used to write for I think it was a weekly newspaper way back in 1996. and the, the column was written in the epistolary form or the letter form for, for that matter and it was between two sisters one sister was based in Kampala and the other sister was based in in the village in in Uganda and they were still talking about these issues comparing notes on on relationships on on different types of work on their children and it ran for i think up to 1999 I think so when the newspaper folded yeah. and closed its, its business and at that point I imagined well that is the end of this column and uh, when it ran it was very very popular mm-hmm. and people would read it and and write back in the newspaper how they enjoyed it or or maybe slightly confused so not knowing that there's more to come so some would read it as a one off So, but where did this begin what about what is coming next until people would pick up the idea that it's a, a weekly column so when when it ended when the newspaper closed the office business and it stopped running it had been followed by a number of other people apart from the readers monitor publications which you used to publish in addition to the newspaper they used to publish books and the business directory so they approached me and said well they would want to me to write it now as a novel so they can publish it under their book segment i think it was called monitor books and at first i didn't warm up to the idea because i had done the column tried run for about three years but they convinced me convinced me and and said we think it would really work well as a novel I didn't want to write the novel in the epistolary form. It's no I'm not really a fan of of letters when I'm I'm writing a novel. So I had to find another genre to write it in. And I wrote it and the voice as well. So I wrote it in in the first voice, Vera's voice now, not writing to to the sister in the village but I incorporated all the sister's voice and um, ideas into the novel. Mm-hmm. So that took me a short time to write. Mm-hmm. The shortest time it has taken me to write a novel <laughs> because I had the material yeah. and I was just now trying to find the voice and a different form. 
in 2002 it was published as a novella actually because it was quite small yeah printed 2000 copies and my publishers were vindicated because they sold them off very very quickly <laughs> also the shortest time i've sold so many copies <laughs> of a novel <coughs> sold out very quickly said you see we told you this story really resonates with Ugandan readers yeah so that's the, the history of it but unfortunately monitor publications stopped that business segment of the monitor books they continued with the newspaper mm-hmm. and probably the directory but not the books it wasn't viable for them i think as a business so when they stopped they never went out to print around probably 2 3 years after it had been first published yeah went out to print and i decided to reissue it 20 years later Yeah. Okay, that's very exciting. And mm. I know that from some of the interviews you had last year, you mentioned that no book should be out of print and that's one of the reasons or one of the motivations why you decided to reissue Whispers from Vera mm. because people are asking about it, mm. but also because no book really should be out of print. 20 years, 30 years mm. from now we should be able to still read Whispers from Vera. Yeah, we, we should because uh, if you look A good example I think is uh, Shakespeare's works. Mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet, I think I'm a hopeless romantic <laughs> as you know, so <laughs> it is a if not the favorite play or, or work written by, by Shakespeare and it was published I think 1590 something. 1592 or 94. Mm-hmm. That one was first published. Yeah. Way back in the 16th century. We are now in the 21st. And I keep saying so if it had gone out of print. B- b- books do- don't have a sell by date. Yeah. Words don't expire. Mm-hmm. So why should it be out of print? So if it had gone out of print, you know, new generations like us who came on the literary scene would have missed out on all that. Yeah. The, the, so that's my argument when I say books should not be out of print. Yes. The fact that a book is published whether self-published or by mainstream publisher, the writer is saying something. Mm-hmm. There is a message in that, mm-hmm. which we should not deny the subsequent generations from reading and accessing. Absolutely. So that's really one of the reasons why yeah. I wanted to have this book reissued. Well, thank you so much for issuing it, because when I read that novella, <laughs> I was so excited uh, and mm. I was thinking how come this book is out of print then mm-hmm. like i wanted to own a copy for myself so mm-hmm. when you release the novel i was just like yes now <laughs> i get to have so many copies <laughs> and i get to at least gift most of my friends copies of whispers because i'm just like you need to read this mm-hmm. let's have conversation because the book is still relevant to us now mm-hmm. as it was when it was first published mm-hmm. the themes everything in the book is like you said it's the modern woman just juggling and grappling with things that mm. we are still grappling with today okay so we've talked about why you've created a new edition and i'm wondering in terms of reception what was it like um in back in 2002 and what is what has it been like now with mm. new audiences uh, but also the old audiences so when to first came out in 2002 You have to remember there was no social media yes. at that time yes. which sounds strange now <laughs> it does <laughs> so there was no social media and we depended on 
the traditional forms of of media for example doing television interviews radio interviews and also at uh, reviews yeah in the newspapers mm-hmm. so that was all we depended on and i think as a result of that at that time the reception of the book was mainly focused in uganda okay and probably the region like kenya because i know it was selling in kenya but it wasn't going beyond that mm-hmm. so that was 2002 now 20 years later there are all this technology yes you know which i'm still grappling with yes. myself there is social media mm-hmm. social media spreads the news yeah. instantly so the book comes out and you are getting a message from a person based in mexico a friend you know saying oh i didn't realize you have issued this book i said wow <laughs> somebody based in singapore so for me it has made the book travel yeah. more outside the country more outside the region as it did in 2002 i i have a, a friend who sent me a picture of her christmas tree yeah. d- during christmas time mm-hmm. and on on the space where they put gifts there was whispers from Vera. Oh, that's amazing. And she's based in Poland. Wow. And even me I I was surprised I said how did you get it? And she just laughed and said Amazon. <laughs> you know like like you mean yeah. you know it's it's, it's that difficult. <laughs> she just replied Amazon one word. I said that didn't happen in 2002. Yeah. Yeah so for me the 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 new modern technology and social media have made it travel way beyond the borders and confines of Uganda and the region. Yeah. That's mm. that's exciting. I mean there's so many opportunities right now for books to yeah. travel. So mm. I'm glad that Whispers now gets to move continents and have more mm. people reading about it and even if it's an African story, a Ugandan story, we know that any woman who reads it will definitely connect to Vera and mm. the things that she's grappling <laughs> with because those ones don't even have they're not boundary based. They are every woman will at least you know struggle with marriage and yeah. falling in love finding prince charming like yeah. vera <laughs> yeah uh friendships and all mm. those dynamics yeah usually those are universal universal themes absolutely mm. absolutely and so we, if, we, let's get into now the the plot of the story because we see one of when i was reading the novel one of the things that really stood out for me was how right from the start vera is you know she's mentioning how she wants a promotion like every time mm. she throws it in there i want a promotion i want a promotion mm. but it's until so many years later that we see vera almost getting the mm. promotion and i want yet when we look at her partner eric it's mm. like eric doesn't have to wait things are happening for him he's traveling he's you know he's doing amazing things career wise mm. and that got me wondering can women have it all and also that um the question is marriage beneficial to women or is it beneficial <laughs> to men <laughs> well <clears throat> i i think that is a personal it's a personal matter mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, i would think so it's a personal matter because i have seen women i call them super women yeah 
and I admire them from afar. I call them superwomen who have done all these things spontaneously. Yeah. Who have gone through the school system and achieved that level of, of training and then get into a marriage and then get four children and also an illustrious career. Yes. So I look at them from afar and say, that's a superwoman out there. Yeah. But I think well, it takes a lot more for yes. a woman yes. to achieve all that. It takes a lot more. And I, I'll give just a, an example. I didn't write about in whispers, but from experience, from observing fellow women, that for you to get that promotion you are talking about, you have to put in the hard work. Yes. You have to put in the hours. You have to these days improve your academic qualifications, acquire more skills and all that. So that's effort yeah. that a woman needs to, to, to do. So I remember one time having an argument with a male journalist and we're talking about how unfriendly the, the media workplace is to women. Yeah. That is so male you know, oriented and women usually struggle with that. And and he was just being pragmatic about it and saying, look, for you to get to that level, I think I was complaining why I've not seen a woman journalist interviewing a head of state. You know, somebody very high profile said, yeah, but because they need the skills, they need the expertise. I said, why can't they get that? Why is it always when it is a, a, mid, a, a high personality figure, it is a male journalist interviewing them. Yeah. And I remember the discussion revolving around gaining that experience. And we discussed how in reality, if an opportunity presents itself and say, look, there's this conference in New York. Yeah. Unfortunately, we've got the information late. You need to be there in two days. Can you pack your bag and go to the airport? Very few women, if you've got into marriage, if you've got into children, into family, are going to pull off that. You start thinking of childcare. You start thinking if you're breastfeeding, how you're going to have the, the pump for, for the milk. The whole logistical thing around that is a nightmare. So the man will go back home, pack a suitcase, Probably not, by the way, maybe two pairs of jeans and off to the airport and off to New York and off to that conference. So it is more difficult yeah. for a woman to achieve yeah. than it is for a man. Yes. yes, I think that's all I can say. Yeah. Because there are other women who achieve it. I don't yes. know how easily, but it is more difficult yeah, absolutely. For, for a woman to achieve that. Yeah, and I mm. like that in the book that is really mm. visible and it... I think it's easy for any woman to relate to Vera, whether mm. it's easy for you or it's difficult. It's mm. so easy because all of us want the same thing. You know, you want mm. to have a great career. You mm. want to go back to school, improve your qualifications, but there's such a high price at the end of it, the day. It is the woman who gets pregnant for, for nine months. So you are going to, to juggle all that, as I say, in, in when you are eight months pregnant. It's quite difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like what you say that it's a very personal question at the end of mm, the day. Is, it is. Is, yeah. it, is marriage beneficial to women yeah. more than men? It's very personal mm. because we all go in for different reasons. And want different things. Yeah, and want different things in mm. life. Yeah, so um, 
point of view, Vera carries the story. As you said, it's first-person mm. narration. So Vera is, you know, telling, she's whispering things to us and saying, mm. you know, this and this is happening, or oh, I've fallen in love, or really giving us updates as her friends. I consider my fr- myself Vera's friend <laughs> because it's very intimate and conversational. Yeah. So I loved <laughs> just sitting and listening to Vera. And I'm wondering whether you could say that Vera is an unreliable narrator because, I mean, this is her perspective. Mm -hmm. We don't hear from anybody else. Everything we hear is Vera saying, oh, so-and-so said this. This person said that. I wonder why, first of all, you chose to use Mm first-person narration and also whether you think for your character that she would come off as unreliable. So the first-person narrative voice... I, I use that to create that intimacy that you are referring to because you feel very close yes, yes. to the to the narrator. Yeah. You know, it's like she's speaking to you directly in yes. your ear, whispering yes. actually is, yes. is, the, is the word we use, that she's whispering to you. So for me, that was one of the main things I wanted to use, the, the first person narrative voice. But you also know first person is quite limiting in scope. In, in It is limited to what that character can see. Because this third person gives you that wide scope. Yeah. You know, the, the, the narrator can move in different spaces, you know, can bring in the stories of others. But first person is quite limiting. And I knew the limitations when I chose to, to, to use it. Yes. And I knew it was going to be difficult. But I really wanted to create that intimacy. So the whole point of view is limited to what Vera sees, to what Vera feels, to what how Vera reacts. But also, I, I wasn't very worried about that because the whole point was to Vera to provide that insight through her eyes. So she provides an, an insight into the lives of other women. Yes. And is a kind of representative. Mm. So that's why you see her bringing in her friends Stories. So we get to see her friend's stories, her sister's story, her mother's story, her work colleagues. So there is a wide range of many other characters who we all get to see and hear through the eyes and voice of Vera. Because that's what the first personality voice does. Limits to what that voice can see and hear and experience and feel and all that. So for me that was important that Vera is able to do that. Unreliable narrator? No, I don't think so. Because as I say, it is not just her perceptions. It's not just her perspective. It is that of... There is a whole wide range of characters in Whispers from Vera. Women. So there is, you know, her mother-in-law, for example, as I say, her own mother. So she brings in, we get to see and hear all that from from Vera. Yes, we don't see the other women speaking because it was centering Vera's Vera's voice (laughs) and the whispers, but she also tells us about her other friends, other women, women, yeah. She does. Mm. Okay. And um, recently when I posted about the book on my bookstagram, someone inboxed me uh, from Kenya and said that they had read the book and they realized that Ugandan writers really talk about sex openly. They don't shy away from it. And mm. it got me thinking, is it true? Because it's just mm. like, 
okay, from Jennifer, if your work and Jennifer's work. Yes, but then also I read Cassandra by Violet mm-hmm. Barongi. And also her, her, one of her characters is really <laughs> <laughs> enjoying it. And so she talks about it freely. And I was wondering, um, because Vera, one of the things I love about Vera is that she's very confident. You want to be her friend. <laughs> just like, yes, I'm going to be Vera's friend because she's confident, she's open-minded. And so she also talks about sex openly when mm. she meets you know, her partner and she keeps... I, I actually counted. I think the first few pages, she talks about it three times where she's like, wow. oh my God, <laughs> Eric has not asked for sex yet. Why? <laughs> I didn't realize. <laughs> So um, <coughs> I'm wondering, uh, would you say this is true that Ugandan writers, or even for yourself, that mm-hmm. um, we talk about sex openly? Yet I mm. would think that it being a taboo topic, mm. we don't really see it much in books. So would you say that Ugandan writers are talking about sex openly, or even from your own writing, mm. is that what you are going for to talk about this topic? I I think to say that Vera. Is, is is really interested in sex is probably putting it out of context mm-hmm. because what Vera does is to articulate yeah. those feelings. It's not that the women who are not talking about it don't feel like she does. But that's why I gave her that voice. She articulates those feelings. So I didn't notice or realize that she mentioned sex in the first <laughs> <laughs> three Yeah, the three first few pages. pages. Mm. But remember, when the novel opens, Vera is telling you, I have fallen in love with the man of my dreams. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a kind of opening line. So if we are talking about relationships, what, how can we avoid talking about sex? Mm-hmm. Part and parcel of a relationship between a man and a woman. So this woman may not articulate it and saying, but this man, we are dating. We go out, we have a good time, we date, and probably go back home. And he's not asked. Is, is he all right? <laughs> is, is everything okay? So that's an inner thought, which you may not be confident enough to communicate, to express, mm-hmm. probably even with your best friends, because they might say, why is she pressurizing? This woman really loves sex. But it's a thought that should run through your mind, because that's what relationships eventually do. People do have sex. So for Vera to start it off, as you say, she's very confident and says, well, well, what's going on? You know, well, we love each other. We do this. We kiss. So so what's the problem? So she's just she just articulates it. Yeah. Not that other women don't have those inner feelings. I'm sure they do. Yes. I'm sure they wonder why is he, I think Vera uses the term gentlemanly. Mm-hmm. Why is he like that? <laughs> you know, because... Sometimes we, we complain that men will ask for sex on the first date. Yes. So we shall we complain. But this one has not. First, second, third, fourth, what is going on? So I just she just articulates probably what men and women feel about it. Do Ugandans love talking about sex? Ugandan writers. Ugandan writers. Do they love to openly talk openly. about it? Still I think in context, because I know a number of people have come up in arms against my my own writing, my past novels, that uh, there's too much sex in, in, in these stories. 
And as I say, read out of context, yes, probably it is. It, it sounds like a lot, but it's always within context mm -hmm. because Vera talks about this, but also other issues. You know, she has issues with her family, you know, with the siblings, as we know. With, with so, so she talks about all this. I didn't want to leave out the sex bit because it's part and parcel yes. of what we should be talking about absolutely and it's important anyway, it is, like it is important <laughs> it is important it really is <laughs> in, in relationships yes yeah. very important and um i've read your previous novels the first daughter yeah. secrets no more waiting and all your characters seem to have what i would call our local names or native names but we, I, I noticed that in Whispers from Vera, it, this is, it's, it's not the case. You know, we have mm. Vera, we have Jacinta, we have Eric. And I, I, I just thought, to, I was wondering to myself, is there a particular reason why mm. you chose to use that direction? I, I think it's the, the type of story that Whispers from Vera is. It's modern, it's yeah. contemporary. And uh, it seemed suitable to, to use f first English names because it suits the story, okay. the, 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 the context of the, of the story. And my other novels you mentioned, they are set outside Kampala, for example. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think all the three are yeah. set outside Kampala. And probably it would sound out of place to use... English names for, for these characters. Yes. So for me, it was the type of story that it was. Modern and contemporary, going with English first names. Okay. All right, that makes <coughs> sense. And then for a language, I know that um, with Whispers from Vera, when I say it's our, it's our Ugandan story, mm. it's because you use what we call now Uglish, mm or you use and use so many of the words that we use as we speak every day, mm -hmm. so many of our slangs that anyone who is Ugandan, once they read the novel, they will know. This mm -hmm. must be a Ugandan writer. If In case they've never heard about you, they will definitely mm -hmm. know it's a Ugandan writer. And I'm wondering why you chose to go in that direction. Mm. So I, I, as, as you mentioned that for me, this is a story where I wanted to center a Ugandan woman's lived experiences. Yeah. So that was very, very important that it comes across, that this is a Ugandan story. This is a story about a Ugandan woman. Yeah. I don't want to use generic words like African. She's Ugandan, Vera is Ugandan. She lives in Kampala, she works in Kampala. She's born and bred and raised. So I wanted to center all those experiences. Yeah. And it only... It's right for her to speak like we do. Yes. <laughs> the, the way we, we speak, so the the, the, the English you talk about, then the the, the the slang, then the local language words that have become part and parcel of yes. us. Yes. Actually, when I was writing it in 2002, it wasn't like that. Mm -hmm. But increasingly, and for me, I keep saying this is a very beautiful thing, increasingly, we are incorporating local language words into our everyday speak. Yes. Remember whispers from Vera is written in that conversation or everyday speak. So it, it felt appropriate that Vera speaks like like us, like the Ugandans. We use the word banange. 
quite a lot. A lot. <laughs> a lot. And this cuts across cultures. Yes. It cuts across language groups. It cuts across probably age group. So it it it's only appropriate that Vera uses it a lot, j- yes. just like just like we do. Then the other thing was about the intended audience. So this is a story whose primary audience is for young people aged between 25 and 40 years. And this is how most of these people speak. Yes. So I was also looking at that, my, my, my target audience. Is this something that can resonate with them? Is this something they can understand? And it was a learning experience for me as well because I'm way outside that age group. <coughs> so I, I would take you... I would make it a point to to listen to how these young people are talking, you know, to try and understand some of these words that to me sometimes don't make sense. So yeah. I'd have to ask and say, so what do you mean when you say that? What do you mean when you say the the the, the sugar is done? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Because that, that's how this intended age group yeah. speak, yeah. really. Yes. Yeah, so for me it was it was that. Okay. It was that. But also maybe I should add it was also to reflect how much local language words, not only for this audience I've mentioned, but for for example the, the corporate world. Yes. I notice how billboards, the advertising on the billboards use local languages. Oh, yeah. And for me, as I say, it's, it's so beautiful. It, it's like now we are finally accepting ourselves and feeling very comfortable in our <laughs> own skins. Because that would not happen 20 years ago when I wrote the book. So if I go to Hoima, which is my, my, my birthplace, the billboards have an advert written in my language yes. in Runyoro. And it's so beautiful. And I say, wow. So they, they, they have seen this is now an important audience. It is meant for the Banyoro who can speak Runyoro. Yes. You go to the side of Umbarara, they are written in Runyankole. You come in Uganda, they are written in, in Luganda. So for me, that was also reflecting all these new dimensions into the story of, of Vera. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's amazing because it really grounds the story in our know, Ugandanness. Yes. And mm. for me, it was such a joy reading it. Mm. I was just like, this is our story. Mm-hmm. I get everything. I see <laughs> myself. And remember when... Mm-hmm. Uh, I sent you one of my friend's feedback after she had read it. She said she read it in one night mm. and she actually got her boss a copy of wow. the book. Because <laughs> she was just like, this is so interesting. This is her story. I, I relate with Vera. Yeah, so thank you mm-hmm. for thank you for what you and Aunt Jennifer are doing for um, our writing. I'm glad you appreciate that. Thank you too. <laughs> yeah. And also the other thing... Um, I wanted to ask was because I, I've read the novella and I've read the mm. novel, I wanted to know um, why because in the no, in the no, in the novella there's mm. a, a glossary at the back mm. of the book, and I noticed that in the novel it's not there. In the glossary, mm. you are explaining a few things mm. in there, and I wonder if it was a publishing thing back mm. then, and now there's no need. We know that there's so much politics around explaining mm. things. Mm. And I wondered why in the novel you chose not mm. to add the glossary. The the first edition, you right had a glossary. And as I said, because I felt the need to explain the, the local language words. And in this edition, 
the local language words are incorporated into the, the narrative and they're not explained. Mm-hmm. They're just used in context, so you don't really need an explanation mm-hmm. or a translation because they're in, in context, in context of, of the story. And some of them are just expressions. Ish! <laughs> Ish! We say that a lot as Ugandans. Yes. So how would you translate that <laughs> into English? <laughs> So how would you trans? So it is used in context that you know it is an exclamation yeah. of some sort. Yeah. But was it a, a global publishing, as you say, standard requirement? No, because as you said, there's a lot of politics around the language, about identity, about culture. So it wasn't, and that's why, for example, I I, I italicize the local language words. Because most of these novels by African writers, they now don't italicize yeah. them. So it's up to you to figure out. If you don't understand the word, it's up to you. Because I, I, I signal and say, look, there's a local language here by using italics. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I wasn't going for that politics of the language. You know, you have to understand wh- what we are saying. When when we read the the, the, the the modern classics, nobody used to tell us yes. what does this word mean. It was up to us. So for me, that was not my intention for this novel. I just wanted my intention was to for Vera to speak like we do, but I still signal by using italics. Yes, yes, the, you, do. Local you do. Words. Mm. Yeah, and and I think whoever is non-Ugandan and reads it. I think they'll be able to figure out because everything is in context. And I remember one of my friends from Ghana when she was planning to do um, a, a podcast episode on uh, Jennifer's book. She called me and was asking me, "How do you? Could you Pronounce. please, yeah, <laughs> send me an audio <laughs> pronouncing these names?" Yeah. And I, I, I like that for her because she mm. wanted to get it right. Yeah. And I think uh, it could be the same thing with anyone who is reading the book and they have maybe a Ugandan friend. They mm. could, you know, just ask, "What does this mean?" If mm. in case they get lost along the way, yeah. or just Google because the word may actually be on Google, it and does. they're like, "Oh, mm. I, I, I get what banange mm. is, yeah. bueno." Ish, I think yeah. ish could be across all languages at this point. Mm. Yeah, and it's easy to understand. And and if you notice, they are all very short. Yes. So th- there's no whole sentence in, yeah. the, in the local. They are short. They are used in, as a phrase mm-hmm. or just as a word. Yeah, mm. yeah. And um, as you were rewriting whispers from Vera, were you reading any particular authors and? Did this affect the way you wrote the book now? So w- when I was rewriting, I, I, I did read books. Not that I, I was not reading them because I'm rewriting mm-hmm. Whispers from Vera. It was out of my, of my routine. That yeah. I'm, at any one point, I'm, I'm reading a book. But... I can think of some of the books that I read around that time, maybe during that year. And one of them is The Blessed Girl <laughs> by Angela... Makolwa. Makolwa. Yeah. And uh, I also read the Tomorrow I Become a Woman. Mm. Uh, I, I want to saw... Odafen. Odafen. Yeah. And also Wanjiru Koinang's <clears throat> ah. The Havoc of Choice. 
So I, I remember reading these books and because it took me about a year to work through the edits of, uh, of Whispers from Vera. And that's the time I was rewriting it. And for me, the first thing that jumped out, I think mainly from, from Tomorrow I Become a Woman, was the, 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 the similarities with Whispers from Vera. Yes. I remember vividly a scene where the, the character in Tomorrow I Become a Woman goes to give birth and she's in the hospital. Mm. And I remember, yes. I wrote this scene <laughs> 20 years back in Whispers from Vera, yeah. where, when Vera goes to deliver and all that and what goes on. Mm-hmm. So I remember being struck by that similarity and I saying, this is very interesting. First of all, this, I wrote this 20 years ago and now I'm reading it in another novel, a bit different and another setting in Nigeria. So for me, that was very, very interesting. And also the, the character in the, in the Blessed Girl. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to remember her name. Oh, she, she is, of course, more audacious, way, way more audacious than the Vera that I create. Bontley. Bontley, yes. So, but I, I remember looking at those similarities. Is this something I would recommend to, to the reader? Mm-mm. To authors. To, to the authors. Yeah, to read other to people authors, while they others write their work. Uh, still this is a personal choice because yeah. I know some writers who actually do that. If they choose a theme and a topic, they want to read everything that has already been written about it. So I know writers who do that. Collect all these books, a kind of research really yes. like an academic would do and read all of them and they will tell you I don't want to repeat myself. I don't want to write what has already been written. If it has, I want to t- take a different angle. So personally, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. If, if, if it happens when I'm writing and I read a story, I read a novel and find a similarity there. So I'm more intrigued by, by that, that somebody has written something I'm planning to write or I'm writing. But also, sometimes it comes from the publishers for their marketing purposes. So it will come from publishers. If you submit a manuscript, and then they see the similarities because look, Rachel, everything has been written about. <laughs> None of us is writing anything new. <laughs> that is the simple fact. Everything. Mm-hmm. So it is how we write it, from what angle. But it's not that you are writing something, something new. new. Everything is already written about. So usually the, the publishers, sometimes they will write to you and say, Are you aware? of this story, of this novel, of this writer. They might even push you to say, can you read it? Or they might point out the the similarities. And for them, why they are doing that, it is for their marketing purposes. Mm. Because you've seen novels where they say, readers of so-and-so will enjoy this book. So they are trying to direct readers to to direct sales. Mm -hmm. And say, if you liked this reader, yeah. I mean this writer, you are going to love this. So sometimes the publishers are the ones who push writers to, to read what has been written about. But they might also suggest and say, well, if you're writing an immigration story, it has already been done like this and this and this. So we really need a fresh angle mm. for you for us to be able to publish it. Yes. Or if you are writing it like this, you, you know, want you to take slightly d- d- direction that is a bit similar 
to this book that has sold so well. So they can use it to, to advertise and publicize your book and say the readers of who enjoyed this book, yeah. this is also your kind of book. And you've also seen if you're buying a book online, Amazon does that for yes, you. Yes, it does. Because they, they can see your test. Yeah. So they say you might be also interested mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. these books. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm. very interesting. And I mm. think also book reviewers or say on Bookstagram when people ask after we've read a book, mm. uh, you'll be like, Okay, if you've read Whispers from Vera, I think you'll also enjoy this yeah, book like and this. that book. Mm. Yeah. So I guess it's all mm. part of the publishing system it is yes yeah we we need all the recommendations and i like what you've said that everything has been written about it's usually just fresh perspectives yeah and i like that um with uh tomorrow become a woman and whispers from vera when you mentioned that you saw the similarities the same yeah i like that because then it it hit me that books are always in conversation yeah you read mm. uh and rightly so tomorrow mm. become a woman is so close to whispers in so many ways so whoever whispers is a lighter version <coughs> excuse me whispers is a lighter version mm. of <laughs> tomorrow become a woman which is so heavy whispers is a breeze so People who are listening, if you've read <laughs> Tomorrow I Become a Woman, please read Whispers from Vera. And so let's get into the point of sale. Where, mm. of course, in Uganda, where should people find the book? And then also beyond, people who are not living in the country, mm. where can they get Whispers from Vera? So if, if you're in Uganda, the book is available at a restock. I'm sure everybody would know where a restock is. But you can also reach us directly as the publishers, African Writers Trust. I think checking on the website rather than giving a telephone number might be easier. Yes, yes, the website. If you just Google African Writers Trust, all the information of how to get the book are there. Then if you are outside Uganda, we have many outlets. In Nairobi, it is selling very well and has been stocked in many of the main bookshops. So there's one called the Cheche Bookstore, there is Somanami, there is Prestige right in the city center of, of Nairobi. There is another one called Ikitabo. They are based in Westlands. So Nairobi, it is very easily available. Uh, we are trying to get it into South Sudan. We are just about to have a bookshop stocking them. So in the region, it is easily available. It is also now in digital form. So Ikitabu, also based in Nairobi, have done the digital form of Whispers from Vera, so you can buy it online. Then it's also available on Amazon. As I told you, my friend in Poland bought it from Amazon. So on Amazon, it is available. And it's also available through a distribution company, which is based in the UK. But they are distributing to Western Europe. They are distributing to Canada. They are also distributing in China and Japan. Wow. Yeah. So if, if you do a simple Google search, it will show you all this distribution Amazing. channels. Yeah. Amazing. So it is really readily yes, available. <laughs> readily available. And it's yeah. an amazing book. So go out, purchase the book if you haven't already. 
buy it for your friends. Mm-hmm. Valentine's is coming up, so be sure to send someone it's on a discount copy. for Valentine. Oh, amazing. Mm-hmm. So be sure to get a copy of Whispers from Vera and with everything that Goretti has talked about the book, I can't praise it enough. That's why I thought I should bring the author to, you know, just talk about the book and you hear it from her. And so, yeah, thank you, Goretti, for sitting with me today on this hot afternoon in Kampala. <laughs> Thanks, Rachel, for having me. Thanks for this support. Yeah, do you yeah. have any last words that you would like the listeners to, you know, get or know about any upcoming projects on your end? Mm. Yeah, so as at African Writers Trust, we we do a lot of work in supporting the growth of writers, how to improve the, their craft. So we do a number of training workshops. We normally work with uh, practicing writers, so writers who are doing it, not writers who are just thinking about writing who have had this dream about becoming a writer. So we want somebody who has, who is practicing. And by practicing, we mean, do you have a project, a manuscript project that you're working on? Where you feel stuck, where you feel you need guidance. So those are the writers we normally work with. And we are planning for our next training to be in May. So the, the first training of this quarter, we have already finished but our next training will be in May. Again, check out our website. That's where all the information is. Okay. Just a simple Google search will lead you to African Writers Trust. Yes, so mm. you've heard it from Goretti. Check out africanwriterstrust.org and find all the information about the bookshop, the books they're selling, but also about the training programs for writers in case you want to improve your writing this year. Commit to following the website and get all the information. Thank you again, Goretti, for coming today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on this episode. Follow at Meet Your Author on X and Meet Your Author Podcast on IG. Remember to subscribe to the podcast to enjoy a bookish ride. <laughs>